Hey gang, Wonder Rob here, and Shops here too. This podcast is part of the Geek So To Speak network. Visit GeekSoToSpeak.com for our full podcast lineup. Captain's Log, Stardate 998092. Co-Captain Shaw and myself are excited about the current state of Picard. Season 2 is shaping up to be far superior in every way to Season 1, and we're here for it. I plan on telling Shaw all about who will be filling the shoes of Captain James T. Kirk. And I think he's going to be pleasantly surprised. Setting phasers for fun as we count down the days until Strange New Worlds enters our orbit. are back Treknological is in the house Woo! i am your host vector i'm with my co- co-host co-captain shoff shoff hey. how you doing buddy i'm doing good i'm doing real good i mean that's a lie it's been a rough week but i'm doing good for the sake of our our, our trekkies out there i couldn't be better yeah <laughs> there's nothing better than talking trek with my boy shoff and you listeners are about to learn that as we continue our journey through the world of Star Trek Picard and all the news of the week. And this week, actually, we have a special unboxing because Shaw, the most generous co-captain in the world, sent <laughs> me a gift. Although when I look at the return address, Shaw, it says Donald Riley. And I said, Shaw, are you going by another name or did you go by another name? I didn't even know you by. <laughs> that's my that's my pseudonym when <laughs> I want to send gifts anonymously. I'm Donald <laughs> Riley. Dang. Donald Riley, uh, he's an interesting fellow. Um, his hair is slicked back. He, uh, <laughs> uh, he, he likes orange crush and um, and he likes to wear plaid corduroy pants. Uh, I want to meet Donald Riley. Uh, but I, if there's anyone else in the universe, in the galaxy, I would, I would have Shoff here as my co-captain. So that's what we're going to do this week on Technological. Don't forget, you can always check us out on whatever podcast catcher you're listening to us on. Leave us a review. Most likely, if you're on Apple or Spotify, you can leave us a five-star review. And that will help us out. And share us with your friends because... There's nothing says loving like the Technological Podcast. If you want to get your <laughs> significant other a great Valentine's Day gift, give them the gift of Vactor and Shoff. <laughs> Think ahead for next year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, we just had St. Pa- Patrick Stewart's Day. Um, if you're Irish, if you have an Irish uh, co-captain in your house, give them the Technological Podcast. Coming I'm up. I'm an Irish co-captain. Oh. Leprechaun. we love the star trek puns here actually if you want to send us a star trek pun you can always reach out to us on social media we are on twitter and instagram at treknopod and we love sharing memes that's that's all we do shop lives for sharing memes so (laughs) you should do that too let us know what your favorite star trek meme is and we will share it 
uh, throughout the galaxy. Also, don't forget, we are part of the greatest podcast network in the known galaxy, the Geek So To Speak podcast network, where we have wonderful shows that you can check us out on. Shaf and I also are on the Geek So To Speak podcast, the granddaddy of them all. That's uh, right. You're listening to Treknological right now. Uh, if, you, if you're into the other galaxy far, far away, Star Wars, you can check out myself and Cinemark on the Holden Maneuver. And if you're into video games, you can check out myself, Wonder Rob from Geek, so to speak, and Jeff W. as we talk about all the video games we've been playing throughout the week. So all of those can be found on GeekSoToSpeak.com. Wait, you're forgetting one. Another one? The newest one. one. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you want to check out uh, a wonderful comic book podcast, you can check out Vactor Loves Comics, where I will be talking about whatever I've been reading throughout the week. This week, just to give you a little sneak peek, I was checking out the DMZ comic book because Shoff, Rob, and myself are going to be talking the DMZ miniseries on HBO Max over on the Geek So To Speak podcast. So you can check out all of those things on GeekSoToSpeak.com, the Geek So To Speak, Geek so to Speak podcast network. We would love to have you. All right, Shaf, let's get right into the big Star Trek news. There wasn't a lot of Trek news this week. It's true. But there was a big casting, and that is Captain James T. Kirk Tiberius is going to be played <laughs> in the brand new Star Trek show, Strange New Worlds, by Vampire Diaries actor. And I know, Shaf, you told me off mic, Vampire Diaries is your favorite show of all time. <laughs> so I'm sure you are very familiar with Paul Wesley. I, I know you have Paul Wesley posters on your wall from your oh, Vampire yeah. Diaries podcast that you did, Shaw. Um, but he he's my, has... He's my lady jam. He's my lady jam. <laughs> he has been cast as uh, the, the original captain, James T. Kirk. And I saw William Shatner tweeting a nice congratulatory welcoming message to Paul Wesley. That was cool on Twitter. Uh, but yeah, he was like, uh, take care of my ship and crew. <laughs> <laughs> that was very nice. So, Shaf, what do you think about this guy, Paul Wesley? Do you know anything about him besides your fanfic that you write about him every night? <laughs> do you know anything about Paul Wesley? <laughs> wow. <laughs> How did you get a hold of my Tumblr? That's all I want to know. <laughs> um, you know, uh, true story, even though this is going to be totally contradictory to what Vactor has been talking about, uh, I don't know I don't know much about Paul Wesley what? at all. Um, it, it came as a big shock to me. I I mean, we've, we only got like a hint of Captain Pike in Discovery. And obviously that was the jumping off point for this spinoff series, Strange yes. New Worlds. But the fact that we're going to, we're getting um, our first season of Strange New Worlds, and they're already filming the second season nice. of Strange New Worlds, and that's what he's—that's what Captain Kirk is being cast as. It's not for this season, uh, so it's like it's interesting. You know, we we haven't even seen <laughs> the first episode of season two of Strange New Worlds. I'm sorry, of season one of Strange New Worlds, but we already know casting for the second season, and it, to me, it feels just a little. Uh, a little soon, mm. a little soon to be bringing Kirk in. But then again, they haven't necessarily shown him on the Enterprise. He could very well be on a different ship uh, because right. they they don't coexist on the same Enterprise 
uh, Kirk replaces Pike. Um, and, and, and so I, like part of me wonders, like, are they going to replace Pike that quickly on mm. strange new worlds? And I kind of hope they don't. I kind of hope this is Kirk before enterprise Kirk. Yeah. Like, a, right. Cause if it is, that'll be fun because then you still, you can see a side of Kirk that we've never seen before, which is a post Academy Kirk, but a pre uh, enterprise Kirk. So I think like that would be a cool jam. I just don't know what they're going to do with it. My hope, though, is that it goes that way and not that they're going to just uh, upend uh, Pike's situation on the Enterprise um, with his his fated demise, um, mm. if you will. So, right. Yeah, I am interested to see because I'm like Shaw. I don't have any previous knowledge of Vampire Diaries. I don't know anything that Paul Wesley has done. <coughs> and I really want to see what he's going to do with the role of Captain Kirk. Um, Like you said, the show is supposed to be Pike's show. So I I highly doubt, unless they're just going for the biggest, you know, switch up in history, that they would just have one actor be the main captain and then all of a sudden switch him in the next season. I just don't see him doing that. It is actually interesting that Paramount Plus is doing these back-to-back because they're doing it with Picard too, where they filmed all of season two and then um, season three. And then they re- they released season two as three was wrapping up. So I wonder uh, what what's going on there. But I like it. I like having content. I like having more Trek in the pipeline. This is a really good time right now, Shaw, to be a Trek fan. Because, oh, my gosh. Yeah, so right. there's so much content coming out right now. But we are definitely looking forward to Strange New Worlds, and we're looking forward to... Paul Wesley's interpretation of the character. Uh, congratulations on the securing the role, sir. And we very much look forward to what you're going to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. And also a quick shout out to Star Trek Discovery. So Ooh. when we started this podcast, we um, we knew that we were catching Discovery in the middle of its season. And that was kind of an awkward time to just start reviewing um, a show, especially since um, co-captain Vactor is not hundred percent caught up and I didn't want to like force him to like jump ahead on episodes. So, uh, for our listeners, if you're wondering why we haven't covered any discovery, uh, for season four, there is a reason we're just holding off on it. Um, we'll come back to discovery, uh, for sure. Um, we wanted to focus on what is happening right now and, and, and for a season that we could catch from the start. So, um, but, uh, season four just ended yesterday, uh, for discovery. It was excellent. Um, I, I did, I did my part of, of really powering through season four's episode so I could catch the finale, um, Mm. as it was airing on TV. Um, and it was so good, so good. So I highly recommend, uh, Trekkies, if you haven't really gotten into discovery, do so. The seasons get progressively better. Oh, man. Um, and, and if you can make it through the first season, which isn't bad, but if you compare it to the seasons that follow, it's 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 not even close to the quality that you would find in, in two, three, or four. So oh, um, so you really, like, if you invest yourself into it, it's worth it. <laughs> you got me re- very excited, Shaf. I'm, I'm now doubling my efforts to get caught up on <laughs> Discovery, because this sounds like it, even, you know, even the first season has me enraptured. I, I'm in the middle right now. And I don't know what a lot of people were talking about. Like, I heard a lot of bad things about Discovery. I'm loving 
what I've seen so far. And if you're telling me it only gets better from there, I cannot wait. So, yeah, definitely I want to get caught up on Discovery. Yes. But my number one priority for this podcast is Star Trek Picard. So we got a chance to take a look. And Shaf, you've been doubling up your viewings on these. Did you get a chance to double up on episode 203, Assimilation? I wish I did. Unfortunately, there wasn't enough time in my week this week to get two viewings in. Um, but I still feel like I, I I was able to absorb enough of it the first time to to you know to be able to chat about it comfortably. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. I unfortunately also did not get a chance to double my efforts, but um, episode 203, Assimilation, I can just say, has been continuing the trend of exciting Picard stuff. And in this episode, we see Picard and crew travel back to 2024 Los Angeles in search of the Watcher, um, who is going to help them identify the point at which time has diverged because Q has sent them onto some type of parallel or alternate timeline. The, the past has been skewed off into a tangent and <laughs> Biff is running around 2024 <laughs> Los Angeles and he's just being terrible to everyone. Um, this is 400 years in the past and you I just want thought, this tricorder? <laughs> Go get it. <laughs> I thought it was interesting that it is set in 2024 as we are in 2022 right now. And I said, oh, this was just their excuse to not have to do anything to the sets or to the filming locations. Ah, it's <laughs> current. It's modern. We don't have to yeah, do anything. Yeah. It, it is a clever way to do that in terms of um, their budget, you know, <laughs> very, very clever choice. And they did it in Star Trek four, you know, going to 1980s uh san francisco uh that's what california it made me think of. california is apparently the place to go if you're gonna time travel <laughs> you got to go to california that's the yeah. only place that matters well that's where the uh starfleet academy is um i wonder was there do you know shaf um I, I may not be up on my star trek lore was there a reason why san francisco was selected as starfleet academy's location Mm, you know, I'm sure there is a reason behind it. Uh, off the top of my head, I don't know. But let's let's have that as a takeaway. And I'll remember the question. And by next week, I will I will share an answer. Oh, yeah. And, you know, speaking of Biff and Back to the Future, Shelf, this episode was directed by Leah Thompson. You mean my mom has got the hots for me? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know she was a director, Shaf. Is this is this the first thing you've seen her direct? When I film a, an episode about time travel, <laughs> it's like I'm filming an episode about time travel with my brother. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, um, it's wild. It's wild that she is doing this, but apparently she's she's a huge Star Trek fan and has been for since she was a kid. Dang. So, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I very much enjoyed this episode you know television directing is not i don't think as not hands-on but you don't get the feel for that director as much as you do for film i think when you when you say oh this person directed this film you think of like wes anderson or like christopher nolan there's certain directors tarantino's another one you you know their visual style you know the, the way that they film and shoot Television is not necessarily, they have so many directors coming in and out and it's like you're keeping the 
tra- you know the the roller coaster on the track. You're keeping the the train in in the station, trying to make sure everything uh, goes smoothly. Yeah. So I liked very much liked her episode. I didn't necessarily see anything that was like, oh yeah, that was uh, Leah Thompson. I could tell right. That's the way <laughs> that she films that. Is that. her style right yeah. there. No, um, I know for a fact that she has also directed the the fourth episode, so the one for next week. So if there is a signature style that is (laughs) Lorraine McFly, um, (laughs) then it's going to be uh, evident in next week's episode. So we'll see. Nice. Okay. So the very beginning of the episode, Shuff, was kind of like the continuation of last week. You left off on a cliffhanger. Like I said on the podcast, I couldn't wait to get back into it and see what was going to happen. Um, we got into the crew with, or onto the ship, and uh, Seven and Rafi, Rios, they were all standing there with phasers pointed at their heads. Elnor had already been shot, and it was like a tense standoff moment. Um, everything hit the fan at that particular junction because Seven's husband started to figure out what was going on. Um, we had a breakdown in every, you know, their their ruse. Um, of trying to be those people from the other alternate timeline kind of broke down. So I was, um, even from the beginning, you know, I was into it. I was like, yes, yes, this is a continuation. This is exactly where I wanted to be when we left off. Um, did you did you like the way that it started off? Did you like the way that it just kind of threw you in there? There wasn't any easing yeah. you in. You just got thrown right in there. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And it, it really did end on a cliffhanger. So it would have been weird, I think, if they sort of glossed over the details of that. There is one aspect of things in this episode that I do feel like they gloss over, and that's the actual time travel piece of things. But right. um, but to start in the middle of the action was a great touch. I also thought it was super funny. Uh, there's one part where the chief magistrate, the husband of Seven in this particular timeline, he's like, what's my, what's my full name? <laughs> and what's funny is, None of us know. <laughs> the audience doesn't even know because at no point do we hear it. All she refers to him as dear. He refers to her as dear, and the rest of them call him chief magistrate. So I'm like, I don't even know what his last name or his first name is, and that's how insignificant he is. And to me, it was a little wild that they were so cavalier about not just like killing them but full on disintegrating. Yes. That was a shocker to me. I was like, Whoa, I I literally like recoiled. I was like, Whoa, okay. They're doing that. Um, (laughs) I was like, you have to put the phaser setting up to full blast to completely atomize somebody. Yeah. So that to me was really strange uh, since they're human. Like that was kind of cold hearted a little bit. Uh, But then again, this season has had a lot of moments like that where like Elnor is, is like slicing people's throats. Yes. And, with no That's, real remorse whatsoever. It's like they really don't put any kind of stock into this timeline yes, at all. So. 100%. That's what I was thinking. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess they can justify it by, we're never going to see those guys again because this, <laughs> this timeline is going to get erased. So, okay, right. it's, it's fine that we're um, we're giving her a, a phaser divorce and disintegrating them. <laughs> phaser that's, divorce. <laughs> that's, that's the way we're going to do it. So, yeah, I was it shocked me a little bit. But I was like, okay, I'm, I'm on board because this isn't... Um, we're not technically killing these guys. They'll be back yeah. later. Um, and then, of course, the fact that Elnor succumbs to the injuries 
sustained from the the phaser blast. I did not see that coming. I did not Same. think that they were going to kill off a main part of their crew, but it, it does definitely further motivate them that if there is the potential to fix the timeline, that then Elnor would be alive in the present day version of that timeline that's fixed. Um, then that's just another motivation. Like, I feel like they had enough motivation to fix it, but now they've got like <laughs> way more than enough reasons to go ahead and, and solve the problems of the past. But yes, um, I also think he's the right choice though, to be killed mm. because he honestly is the weakest part of that crew. Yeah. The, and the one with the least amount of backstory or personality, I hate yes. to say it, right? but if we lost Rafi, if we lost seven, if we lost Rios, or even Jurati or any of them, like they're all really interesting characters and they all bring it. And I'm, this is not a dig at Elnor or the guy playing Elnor. I just don't think that he's got a lot of substance. Yeah. He's, he's really just a character. tool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's just a, a tool to do martial arts and, and yet take people out. There's nothing necessarily, like I said, like you said, back to his backstory, to his character. So I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Um, I'm sure they'll bring him back. I was surprised that they took him away, but there's only so much time that we have and we need to get to the main core of it. We need to, we need to see what's going on with Picard. We need to see what's going on with Rafi and, um, all these guys. So they, on their way after they've split up, um, after they've done the time travel, they all split up, go their separate ways. Everybody's got their side quest, um, to go on in the year 2024. Um, out of all of these, we have Rafi and Seven going on a girls' trip. Girls get it done. They're trying <laughs> to find the, the highest tower. We have Picard and Girardi trying to figure out, re, reboot the Borg Queen and right. get the piece of information out of her. And then Rios has his own, um, I don't know, what like his his butterfly mission where... He doesn't want to affect too many things, but he does it anyway. It seems like he's thinking with his little Rios and he finds <laughs> an, an interesting uh, doctor that he is willing to basically alter everything for because he, he seems to be uh, infatuated with her. So out of all of these timelines, or I, I should say these uh, side quests, which one did you enjoy seeing the most, Shoff? Um, I would have to say probably the Jurati Picard storyline, which is actually the kind of the most interestingly static of the scenes. Mm. So like Seven and Rafi, like they have to go through, uh, Los Angeles and they're going through like the slums. They have to climb to the top of this building. They have to, um, convince a guard to let them be there. And so they're doing a lot of the actual legwork, but their story is not nearly as interesting as while Jurati is being basically voluntarily assimilated in order to uh, get uh, the Borg Queen like reestablished and everything like that has the potential to be a very boring scene because nobody's moving. <laughs> They're all sitting in chairs or or hanging via wires. Um, it's just dialogue. So it could easily be a very boring scene, but it was so tense because there was this danger of losing her completely to the collective. And the way she portrayed it, Alison Pill continues to impress me every episode this season. 
Um, I liked her last season, but this season she's just like light years better and more interesting and a really great actress too. Um, the, the, so many different emotions conveyed literally (laughs) in the conversation and she was going back and forth and it was really fun to watch. Yeah. (coughs) Sorry. (coughs) Uh Oh, co-captain factors dying over here. I'm a hundred percent in agreement with you on that one. Alison Pill on the last season, it was more her previous work that I was going off of. Oh yeah. I liked her in Scott Pilgrim this season. It's like, no, I like her as Gerardi. I like her in this role. And she did a like acting, uh, seminar, a, a seminal oh, seminar yeah. that she did. <laughs> she was acting as the, like the board queen as Gerardi, as like all of these things were happening. And, she had to convey that, you know, just like you said, just as a static sitting there, um, everything that you were going on that journey with her just kind of was through her facial expressions and her voice. So I really liked that. That was actually my favorite as well. And by the end of that scene, it was, I didn't know, you know, when they were talking, when the Borg Queen was talking, when she was talking and he was like, who is this? Is it? Is it, is it Gerardi or is it the queen? Like who? And so it was like you were going back and forth and, and getting all of these different emotions out of that scene. I was very impressed. And um, I wonder the way that she was able to, to flip it on the board queen and impress her. I found that to be uh, very, she said, it's a very dangerous thing to do. Um, I wonder if there's going to be any ramifications later on in the season from that, uh, that heist, that mine heist yeah. that she pulled. Mind heist. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, it could very well be a situation where Gerardi may end up having to be the person that guides them back uh, forward in time or something like that. Like if she is smarter than the board queen, then she has the capacity to be a very necessary component to getting them back home. So um, so yeah, so that's really cool. The, the real storyline was interesting. I thought it, I thought it was weird that he transported the, like where he transported to was like basically in midair. Um, <laughs> uh, I guess that's just because the, the ship was sort of malfunctioning and wasn't yeah. at full power. Mm-hmm. So, so that sucks. I mean, we've never seen that before where somebody would transport in the, and then land in the air. Uh, and then of course he suffers a concussion. Uh, the best part of that whole sequence, though, of of him and his storyline is that Star Trek just made Rick and Morty canon. <laughs> <laughs> that is that, the best part. <laughs> yeah, I laughed out loud because that's Rick and Morty is one of my favorite shows on TV. So, yeah, when I saw that, I was like, oh, look, it's real. And it's still happening in 2024. <laughs> right. We can look forward <laughs> to more episodes. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, the way the episode ended. Well, the other thing I liked about the Raffi storyline is that we got to see the uh, some aspect of poverty, right? Which mm-hmm. is, yes. and that's what I'm going to touch on a little bit later with our Trek term of the week. But, um, but like seeing sort of all of the homeless and all of the like the settlements. Or I shouldn't call them settlements, but um, 
just areas of refuge, I guess, for, for these homeless people. That's a big part of 2024 in Star Trek lore. So uh, I'm glad that they weren't shying away from that, especially since it's California. Um, so, so that's a really nice dynamic that they're showing that because that's important, but also it's a nice allegory to what's happening right now. So, yeah, I thought that was very uh, timely, very touching and kind of a double meaning for the, the title assimilation. Um, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 They're assimilating into past culture. Jurati is literally being assimilated. Um, it, it was a perfectly named episode and they've really done very well with naming episodes so far this season. Uh, very, very clever. Um, Vactor, any thoughts, any more thoughts on the episode before I get into the Trek term? We're running a little bit uh, low on time. So I just yeah. want to check in. Yeah. I just wanted to say uh, it was, I I'm continuing the Q storyline. I want to see what he's up to and I want more Q. That's yeah. all, all I can say. Not nearly enough Q. And who do you think the Watcher is, by the way? Who do you think this person is going to be? Yeah, you know, the only thing I can think of every time I hear the Watcher is just Jeffrey Wright and the Marvel MCU, the What If Watcher. <laughs> that's all I think about. That would so, be funny. <laughs> that's I, what I'm, I feel like it's, <coughs> excuse me, I feel like it would make sense if it was like one of Brent Spiner's characters, mm. like ancestors. Yeah, right. Um, But... I don't know why he would show up with some unique signal. You know what I mean? Like that's the part I don't get. Like whoever is, is in Los Angeles who is aware of the divergence in time. Like to me, that means that they they themselves are either time travelers or they're aliens or something, but then that kind of, I don't know. I just don't know what to make with, with that information, but I just feel like we're probably going to get, some character like it's going to be somebody that we know or somebody that we um yeah i was thinking of another trick you know like we we got whoopi goldberg gyna um uh, maybe somebody that we know from another show Mm. that might be be something see if it was in if it was in san francisco and not los angeles then i would think it was going to be ben cisco Ooh. Because of the Trek term of the week. I hinted at this last week because <laughs> I, th- I said I hoped that this episode went into this. And sure enough, they showed a little bit. They didn't really call it by its name. But um, but what I was talking about was the Bell Riots. So um, there's a few things I want to make note of on this. So um, I'm going to be reading a little bit from an encyclopedia about Star Trek stuff. So just kind of bear with me on this one. But Uh, The Bell Riots are a watershed event in American history on Earth in which uh, internees of San Francisco's infamous Sanctuary District A took several government employees hostage in early September 2024. The ensuing riots, which were among the most violent civil uprisings in American history, were triggered by years of inhumane treatment by the American government of homeless, unemployed, and mentally ill people. Hundreds of protesters were killed when the government quelled the disturbance, but thanks to Gabriel Bell, no hostages were harmed. Now, the event made uh, uh, made the American people aware of the injustice and the sanctuary districts, leading to much-needed social reforms and the closing of sanctuaries. Now, notably, um, there's an episode of Deep Space Nine where uh, Captain Sisko ends up having to go to the past, and he realizes he's in the middle of all these Bell riots. What happens, though, is 
time um, the timeline changes and G- Gabriel Bell is actually killed before he's supposed to make all of these reforms happen. And so in order to ensure the timeline is successfully restored, Ben Sisko, who looks somewhat like Gabriel Bell, assumes the identity of Gabriel Bell oh, and wow. fulfills his role in history, um, securing uh, the timeline and, and fixing this thing. So um, that's why I'm like, technically, Ben Sisko is in San Francisco <laughs> in 2024. So they're really only like however many miles it is from L.A. to San Francisco. Um, but like there's already other presence there. So that's why I'm like, if you don't use Avery Brooks as your watcher. Oh, man. We so that would be that would be make me so perfect to do that. So anyways, was- bell riots are Trek term of the week. Um other th- terms you might want to look up if you're curious to know more, Gabriel Bell or Sanctuary A um, or even San Francisco 2024. So all that stuff, it's uh, big in, in Star Trek lore. So just a heads up on that. Nice. Excellent, Shoff. Thank you very much for another Trek term of the week, the Bell Riots. All right. To close out the show, we have a mystery unboxing <laughs> from Shoff. Uh, he told me a couple of days ago that something was going to be arriving on my doorstep. Um, he wasn't using my uh, transporter. I guess my transporter wasn't working, but <laughs> I saw it. I got it. I loved it. I said, thank you, Shaw. But now's the time for me to actually see what's inside. Woo. So let's take a look here, Shaw. Um, if this was a video podcast, you'd be able to see my uh, curiosity continue to bulge let's see what it is And for those who like asmr you might hear a little bit of ruffling and (laughs) and and (laughs) goes into the box so let's see what it is it seems like some sort of collectible figure shaw it is Ah! i can't see it it's it's disguised let's see i can see the word star trek (laughs) let's see what it is shaw Oh, it's very timely, Captain know, Benjamin right? Cisco. <laughs> this is very nice, Shaw. This is vintage. Ooh, Playmates. Yeah, I think it's a. If I'm, it's either ninety four or ninety six. But it's oh, very close, Shaw. Ninety seven. Ninety seven. Okay. Yes. So it's a ninety seven figure uh, from the Deep Space Nine uh, series of. Uh, is it? Uh, what's the the maker of that? Uh, I see Playmates. Yeah, Playmates, um, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, man, they had some iconic Star Trek figures from oh, back in the day. Man. I used to have a ton. Uh, Picard, uh, Data, Jordy LaForge, those were, those were some of my favorites. But um, I never owned Cisco. but I know Cisco is one of your favorite captains, yes. if not your favorite captain. Yes. And uh, and so I wanted to make sure you had that. It's a little bit of an early birthday present for you. So. Thank you very much. So half of me loves you, Shaw, for getting me this. Half of me now hates you because now I have to continue this collection because <laughs> all of those ones you just mentioned I would like to have. And <laughs> this is going to be uh, starting my Star Trek collection because I don't have any Star Trek figures. So this is going to be the start of my new collection, Shaw. Thank you very much, my hey, friend. Hey, you're welcome. You're welcome. And uh, now the big question is, do you keep it in the box or not? Oh. Who knows? Well, you know, I like the... Star Trek um, font, and I like the 
the packaging. So I think actually I will because I like the dis- I like to have it displayed like this. So I think I will. Yeah, I think it looks nice too. I think the only time I like to take stuff out of the box is when it's really obscured. Like if you can't really see the figure, then I'm like, well, I kind of feel like I need to take it out of the box now. So yeah, you know, the only time that I do is when like you have a Funko Pop, I can take it out. And still put it back in later so it doesn't mess up anything when I'm opening up the box. So the packaging stays intact. So I'll keep stuff in uh, Funko Pop boxes and take them out and put them back in. But that's the only time. Usually I do leave them in the box most of the time. Yeah. Nice. Excellent. Well, uh, we actually do not have time for any life updates this episode. But if you're curious what has been going on in the world of Vactor and Shoff, Check out the Geek So To Speak podcast because we will be recording that later tonight. And we're going to be talking, uh, some, we're going to be sharing some life updates with you. Um, and speaking of Geek So To Speak, don't forget, we are part of a Geek So To Speak podcast network that has the founding show, Geek So To Speak, which is all about kind of geeky culture and things that we like to talk about each week. This week, we're going to be talking about DMZ, the HBO Max miniseries. And we're going to be sharing uh, some other things. That is Mr. Shoff, Mr. Wonderob, Mr. Vactor. We have the Star Wars podcast, The Hold'em Maneuver with Cinemark and myself. We have the Sandbox Gamers, which is our video game show with Mr. Rob, Wonderob, myself, and Jeff W. And then finally, the comic book show, the comic book spinoff, Vactor Loves Comics, where I talk all about the comics that I've been reading that week. Um, if you'd like to reach out to us on social media, I mentioned it earlier. It is Treknopod on Instagram and Twitter. Mr. Schaff is Schaff VO, that's V like Victor, O on Instagram, Facebook, and Fiverr. If you want to hire these dulcet tones, <laughs> check out Mr. Schaff VO. I'm Vactor, that's just my last name, V-A-C-T-O-R, on Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget, you can always leave us a review in Apple and Spotify and share us with all of your friends. Geeksotospeak.com. Mr. Schaff, I think that's the end. And I think I'm going to tell the communicator two to beam up. Live long and prosper. 